for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. We'll have to put a mail slot in that door and they can just slide it in there. Remind them old mail days when somebody comes late. <laughs> Back in my old mail days. Back then I was fighting dogs, now I'm fighting devils, praise God. So it's a little bit different, but a little bit different. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, you got a Bible this morning? All right, open it up to Mark chapter 4 this morning. Something I just want to lay the groundwork for here this morning. And help you to understand some things about the kingdom of God. How many know you belong to a heavenly government, a spiritual government called the kingdom of God, and the rules of the kingdom of God are different than the rules here of this world? And until you start to see the difference and allow the word of God, which is a sword basically, to cut you away from some of the things you, well, you used to think according to the world, you're going to have trouble living in God's kingdom at the same time. It's very difficult to live in both kingdoms. It's very difficult to straddle one kingdom for the other kingdom. Some people do it just because they're not that excited about the kingdom of God, but other people basically do it simply because they don't know. God said, my people are destroyed because of? lack of knowledge. And knowledge is a big thing in the Bible. It talks many, many times about getting the knowledge of God and the knowledge of the kingdom of God. Why is that? Because God wants you to succeed. That may be a revelation to somebody this morning, but it's true. He wants you to succeed in every single area of your life. That's what he wants you to do. So we're going to start in Mark chapter 4 this morning. Look at verse 11. And Jesus said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sins should be forgiven them. Notice here it's talking about the kingdom of God, and it says basically the mystery, say the mystery. Notice the mystery of the kingdom of God, the knowledge and wisdom you need about living in the kingdom of God, about the things of the kingdom of God. Notice they have been given to you. Say they've been given to me. So praise God, if they've already been given to me, it's important for me, if he wants to give them to me, to find out about the mystery of the kingdom of God. Say the mystery of the kingdom of God. Now, why don't people understand the things about the kingdom of God? What is the difference between you who have been born in the kingdom of God and those who have not? What's the difference between whether you know the mystery of the kingdom of God or whether you don't? Do you know what it is? Look at verse 12. That seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sins should be forgiven them. So notice, anybody who's born in the kingdom of God, like you, who's received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you've come into the kingdom of God, basically, you have the ability to understand the mystery. Say mystery. 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 Say mystery. The mysteries of the kingdom of God. But those people who have not been born again cannot understand the kingdom of God. How many of you know if you've been in the kingdom of God very long and you're changing the way you think, they can't understand you anymore, much less the kingdom of God? I mean, your relation. You get born again and start running with God, they're going to think something's the matter with you, praise God. They're going to think something's wacko with you. They're going to think something's majorly wrong with you. And why is that? Because you're understanding different things from a different kingdom, any different government, any different world, the kingdom of heaven. So notice here, you are obligated and given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Say the mystery. All right, go to Matthew 13.
All right, Matthew chapter 13, look at verse 11. And Jesus once again said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Now, if you have a little footnote there, it says hidden truths. Say hidden truths. So notice, it's been given to you to know the mysteries or the hidden truths of the kingdom of God. It's been given to you, but to other people it hasn't been given to. Why hasn't it been given to them? Well, if you look at verse 15, it says, For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be, and I should heal them. So notice, what's the difference? Some people have been converted. Some people have come into the kingdom of God. Other people have not come into the kingdom of God. So it's important to understand that you have the ability to understand about this kingdom and kingdom things. And the more you understand in this kingdom, the better off it's going to be for you. Now, we saw in Mark chapter 4, it said the mystery. Say the mystery. Yes. Now, notice, what does it say here? It says to know the mysteries. Say mysteries. So one says mystery. One says mysteries. Why is that? Because until you learn the mystery you'll never know the mysteries. So it's important to know the mystery. So how many in here have been born again, received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You have been converted, your sins have been forgiven, then it's been given to you. Hallelujah. To know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's see, I'm going to have to get excited myself this morning. I've got to... I come against syrup thoughts in Jesus' name. <laughs> All right, praise God. I'm going to give you something a little bit different this morning. So some of you probably never heard this. Some of you have. Some of you need to hear it again, but we'll figure the whole thing out. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verse 19. Paul says, But I will come to you shortly if the Lord will and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now we found out a mystery about the kingdom of God, didn't we? Look at that already this morning. What's it say about the kingdom of God? It's not just in a bunch of talk. It's not just in a bunch of words, but it's about also power. Say power. So it's not just in talking. It's not just in preaching. It's not just in going around in your daily life. But the kingdom of God, if you're a part of it and want to take advantage of it, it is about something called power. Now, how many of you know, and I'm not criticizing, I'm just talking truth. There's a lot of churches out there right now, and even big churches and large churches, and they teach the word, and they preach the word, and it's good, and they help build people up, and they help encourage people, and they help do this, and they help do that, but that's as far as it goes. There's no power talked about or related in there whatsoever, but if you're going to be a kingdom church, and the kingdom of God is about power, then it's evident to me that there must be power in that church in order for it to be a kingdom church. Are you following me? So notice, we found out a mystery here. The kingdom of God is in power. Notice it's not in meetings. It's not in bingo. It's not in potlucks. It's not in getting together to love one another, although those things are all right. But notice, the kingdom of God, the true kingdom of God is in what? Power. And you ask people, what is the kingdom of God? What is it? And 99%, which is true, will say it's in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And how many know it is? But that's talking about your character and your daily living. Now it's talking about taking that righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost and using it to influence others with kingdom stuff. And where does it come into that? Power. Say power. power. So the kingdom of God is in what? Power. power. All right, go to Acts chapter 1.
All right, Acts chapter 1, look at verse 8. Jesus, talking to his disciples, said, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come unto you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Look at verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Now notice, this is the last read in your Bible here in Acts where Jesus spoke until he was taken up into heaven. Do you agree with that? So notice, if you, if you were, had one more day on this earth and you knew it and you wanted to talk to everybody you wanted to talk to, how many knew you would say something important to them? It's their last conversation. You wouldn't talk about the weather. Come on, you wouldn't talk about trivial things. You would talk about something that you wanted to get across to your mom, to your dad, to your wife, to your kids, to whoever. It's your last day. You're going to go up. This is it. So this must have been important to Jesus because it's the last thing he said before he went up. Notice what he said. But you shall receive after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. No, no, notice here. You shall receive. Now notice what it doesn't say. But if you're a pastor, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost. If you're an evangelist. If you're a worldwide minister on TV, no, but you, say me, Me. you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Now, how many know he's not talking about uh, nuclear power? He's not talking about electric power. He's talking about the power. He's talking about God power. So the last thing he's telling the disciples, get a grip, because when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and I send him, you are going to receive what? Power. Power. Power, supernatural power. It's called dunamis. It's ability of God placed on the inside of every person who's born again. So every person, if the kingdom of God is in power, I can operate in the kingdom of God because I have the power. Wow, isn't that something? Everybody wants to pray, God, do this, God, do that. God, I ain't got no power. You got all the power, God. No, 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 no. You've got power in your life if you've been born again and got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Now, whether you're using that power or not, it's totally up to you and what you learn about it and how much you know. But notice, you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So Jesus comes to the earth. What's he going to do? He suffers and dies. What for? So that he can take care of your sins and your old nature and make you the righteousness of God in Christ, put you in right standing with God, make you a holy vessel so that he can then send someone called the Holy Ghost to come and live on the inside of you so that you could receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Say, I have power. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. All right, we're going to read this back a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 4. Paul says, In my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstrations of the Spirit and power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princesses of this world that has come to naught. But we speak of the wisdom or the truth or the hidden truths of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Now let's break this down a little bit here. Start in verse 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are mature, Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to what? Not. Notice, all the, all the wealth, all the stuff you see in the world today, all the wise men, all the, the people who think they're really smart are going to come to not. 
because that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God, praise God. So notice, but we speak the hidden truths of God, and we speak it in a what? In a mystery, the hidden wisdom. So notice, this wisdom has been hidden, but now it's being revealed. Why? Because on the inside of me now is the Holy Ghost who can reveal to me all things. Notice, which God has ordained when? When did he ordain it? When? When did he ordain it? Before the world was even created. So look, this isn't a new thing. Pastor's preaching some new stuff. God wants to give people power, and God wants people to do something in the kingdom of God. This is brand new. No, this is stuff that was ordained before you were even created. The only problem is nobody's got into the hidden mystery to understand what God's talking about here. And basically it's saying here, it was done before the foundation of the world. Now, just because we have the power and don't operate in it, God's not going to write it off and say, now, let's do something else, take two. He don't do that. When he ordains something, let me tell you, it is ordained and it's not going to change, and it's not going to be adjusted. It's going to be, when he said, let man have dominion, how many know that was it? He wasn't going to say, no, they messed up. I'm taking their dominion. No, they lost the dominion. Anybody gave it back to them when Jesus came and brought the Holy Ghost to live on the inside of you. So notice, this is before the foundation of the world, but nobody in the Old Testament knew anything about it. Why? Because their eyes couldn't see. Their ears couldn't hear. They couldn't get a revelation of what was going on. Why? Until they were converted or born again, hallelujah, and their sins were forgiven. And now revelation should spring forth, say spring forth, out of the inside of each and every person who's here. Now notice what it says here. Verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto what? No, no, unto what? Unto our what? Now look, unto whose glory? We don't get any glory. God gets all the glory. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. First of all, you don't understand glory is 99% of the thing. Glory is just you manifesting who you really are and what's put on the inside of you, and there's glory. How I many know the moon has glory? Yes. The sun has glory. When does it? When it shines, praise God, and does what it's supposed to do. So notice, as we get the revelation of this hidden wisdom that's on the inside of us and get the idea that we have the power of God, we are going to start manifesting the glory that God placed on the inside of us to do what he put the glory in there to do. Are you following me? Whenever I preach... It's glory. Why is that? Because he created me to, to, to preach. I'm doing what he's placed on the inside of me, and I'm manifesting the glory of God in my preaching. I'm manifesting the glory of God in my teaching. I might be manifesting the glory of God in my singing. I'm not sure yet, but I'm just <laughs> waiting on that to make sure whether there's any glory there or not. But praise God, hallelujah. But you get the point. In other words, a housewife, by being a good mother and housewife, how many know she's manifesting glory. So notice, he put this hidden mystery, he talks about the hidden mystery, he talks about the wisdom of God, he talks about the glory of God, and all that stuff's in us for our glory. God's not going to manifest our glory that he put in us. We're responsible for manifesting the glory that's on the inside of us. Are you following me? Hallelujah. All right. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. The mysteries and mystery of the kingdom of God are supposed to be revealed to us because we're in the kingdom of God and God wants us to succeed in every single area of our life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want you to know, when Paul got these revelations and preached them to the early church, the early church had trouble with these. You know that? They did. Peter, in one of his books, wrote, and Paul has taught us things which are definitely hard to understand. 
Why? Because they had trouble understanding this stuff. They're steeped in the Old Testament. They're steeped in religion. They're steeped in God's going to do everything for me. They're steeped in I'm nothing but a lowly worm and rag and can't do nothing for God. But when Jesus came, he took care of all that stuff for us, thank God, and made us brand new creations in Christ Jesus. All right, say the mystery of the kingdom. All right, Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 25. Paul says, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest or known to his saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom that we might present every man perfect in Christ. Now here, Paul gives us a good revelation, don't he? We're finding out about the mystery of the kingdom of God. And Paul says, let me go further. Let me tell you what the mystery is. The mystery is, is that Christ is going to live in you and he is the hope of glory. Are you following me? So when I got born again, what happened? Christ basically took up residence on the inside of me. The kingdom took up residence. The Holy Ghost took up residence on the inside of me. And with the Holy Ghost came power. With Christ came power. With the kingdom of God came power. So power came on the inside of me. And here Paul says, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations. Why? Why was it hid again? Because nobody was born again. And in order to get the revelation, let me help you. Christ is the wisdom of God. He's in you. And you ain't going to get the revelation till he gets in you to give you the revelation. So if you ain't got Christ, you ain't going to get no revelation about all this stuff because only Christ in you, are you following me, can get that revelation. Other people just got their old dumb nature that can't get a hold of anything in the spirit, basically. The natural man thinks everything of the spirit is foolishness. But notice, now we've got Christ in us, who's the wisdom of God, and Christ in us is trying to reveal to us what he's saying here. Even the mystery that has been hid from generations is now, say now. Now, now when is now? Now, isn't it? This isn't a future thing. This was a 2,000-year-ago thing from ages, from generations, but now is made manifest to who? The pastors, the preachers, the big-time ministers, the saints. Glory to God. How many of you are saints? Aren't you glad you don't have to wait after you die 200 years for them to canonize you? Praise God, you're saints. As soon as you got born into the kingdom of God, you became a saint to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery on the inside of you. So Christ is on the inside of me. That means that if there's knowledge in there, then the knowledge of Christ can manifest through my life to someone else, to myself. The wisdom can manifest to someone else. The power can manifest to someone else. And what it does, what is that? It's the glory that God put in me that I'm manifesting unto my glory to help someone else who needs help. But if you don't know this stuff is in you, how are you going to manifest it? If you're still waiting for revival, waiting for Jesus to come, waiting for the Holy Spirit to do something, it's not going to work that way, praise God. You've got to understand what's already on the inside of you. Notice these were hidden truths, and now Christ is in you. Say Christ. Christ. In me. The hope of glory. All right, go to First Corinthians chapter one. So we found out the mystery of the kingdom. What is the mystery of the kingdom? The mystery is you're just not supposed to be an ordinary person. 
in a church, going to church, doing your daily thing, but you are supposed to be operating in something called supernatural God power on the inside of you, the gifts that are on the inside of you that are supernatural above the natural realm, which means you will know things. You know, Ted was talking, you know, last week about the prophecy and the word of knowledge and all that. God will show you things to you that no one else will know. What is he doing that for? To help someone else do that. And, you know, he said you can do that at the end of the the praise and worship service, which is fine, but I'm here with the microphone. Anytime God gives you a word, just come up and take the microphone from me. We'll push one button back there to stop the band. It's easy, isn't it? That's it. The band shuts up. And then if you have a word, you can give it. Are you following me? If it bubbles up on the inside, I can remember. You know, when we came down here, and we, she, I came down before her, and I started going to this Catholic prayer meeting, and I went to the Catholic prayer meeting by myself one or two times, and she still hadn't come down yet, and then I took her like the third time, and we went there, and I'd sit like on the back row, and all at once, like Ted said, it was going, I thought I was having a heart attack. I mean, my heart was beating so fast, and I was sweating all over and everything else, and I couldn't figure out what was going on, and we'd leave, and I said, we got to get out of there, man. They're trying to kill me in there. I mean, I'm having, I'm having a heart attack in this place. We ain't going back there again. And we, we, every time we left, we discussed and said, we're not going back again. Then we went the next time, and they prayed in some kind of language. And I don't know if they couldn't speak English, or they were delirious, or they were... Geez, so we left that time, and that's it. We're not, I don't know why we kept going back. That's it. We're not going. But the next week, we went back again and again. And finally, I realized that God was telling me to get up and say something that he'd put on my heart. But nobody ever told me that. Do you understand? Nobody ever explained that to me. Nobody ever told me there was power in me and God in me and this thing happening and I could speak for God. Nobody ever explained that stuff for me. So finally, one time, I finally got up and I did it, you know. And when I did it, you talk about his knees having fellowship. I mean, I didn't know. I thought I was going to pass out. I didn't know what to do, get up in front of people. I'll tell you, the devil will fight you the whole way on this stuff. You know, if there's a call of God on your life. But I'll tell you what, I didn't know. And ignorance is the worst thing you can have in the body of Christ. I'm convinced. The devil's not your problem. This ain't your problem. Stupidity in areas of our life is my problem. That was my problem as I've been growing up through the years. I've been learning how to deal with situations and circumstances that 20 years ago would have thrown me into a, a week's tillage someplace. But now I know how to deal with that situation. So I simply deal with it and move on. Deal with it and move on deal with it, move on. And that's what all the growth is about here, is learning the things of the kingdom of God. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, look at verse 24. It says, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power. and the Wisdom. of who? God. Now notice, here they say, well, Christ is the power of God, and Christ is the wisdom, wisdom of God. How do you know the wisdom of God is good? Yes. How many know power of God is good? So Paul says, here's the mystery. Here's the mystery of the kingdom I want you to get that leads to all the other mysteries because once you get the mystery in you, he can reveal all the other mysteries to you. And that's Christ in you, the hope of glory, or the power of God in you, the hope of glory, or the wisdom of God in you, the hope of glory, because Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Are you following me? See, you got to get off the big man upstairs. The big man came down. He took up residence on the inside of you, praise God. He's already in you. Oh, God's going to do it. No, God's going to do it through the inside of you by giving you wisdom and knowledge and helping you and building you. The Spirit of God is on the inside of you. So notice, Christ is the power of God. He is the wisdom of God. All right, just move up to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse 6. We were here before. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world. All right, you go around today and everybody you run into, tell them that Christ himself lives on the inside of you. See how you do. You're going to find out who's got the wisdom of the world, and you're going to find out who's got the wisdom of God, and I guarantee you, you're going to have a hard time finding somebody who's going to say, hallelujah, so do I. 
No, they're going to say, that's a fruitcake. Move my table over here someplace because I ain't going to deal with them. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world that comes to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Now watch this. Look at verse 8. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Why? Because they operated in natural wisdom. They had no idea. This was from the foundation of the world. How many know them beans been around a long time? The devil's been around a long time. Demons been around a long time. But they only got natural understanding. They can only understand natural things. So when Jesus came, what do they say? Let's kill him. Oh, we kill him. All our problems are going to be solved. Pray. Just kill him. Kill him. Put him on that cross. Kill him. Oh, we got him. We got him. We got him. And they didn't know the wisdom of God was to reproduce and put the Spirit of God in Christ on the inside of 120. Now, who knows how many have Christ on the inside of them. But the problem is probably about 8% actually know they have the power of God on the inside. They're too busy trying to be good, too busy trying to get rid of their sin, too busy trying to get free, too busy trying to get their finances met, instead of understanding that on the inside of them is the answer to every problem that they ever had because Christ's wisdom, Christ's knowledge, everything about Christ lives on the inside of them. Notice the devil would have never did that. I mean, you know, if he could see in the future and say, oh, my God, there's going to be 120 of these creatures and millions of these creatures, I ain't going to crucify Jesus. But he was too dumb. He was natural. He thought he had the victory. And then he said, my bad. My bad. As the Holy Ghost filled more and more and more people. All right, we're in 2 Corinthians. Look at verse 4 now. Let's back up a little bit. Here's Paul. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but your faith should stand in the power of God. Now notice what Paul says here. Paul says, praise God. I preach and I talk and I do everything all day long. He said, that's good. But notice, basically, I also have a demonstration, say a demonstration. Now, we all know what a demonstration is. A demonstration is something that you see, basically, in the natural realm. Someone's demonstrating something. So Paul demonstrated the Christ or the power of God that was on the inside of him. In other words, what was in him came out of him and affected people that were around him. In other words, there was a manifestation of the power of God that took place. Now, I want to emphasize again, we're talking about the power of God. God the good, mighty, great God. This is the power of God because some people don't understand it. They don't understand why things happen, why things do. And that's why I'm explaining here because lately things have been happening and there are going to be more things happening in this church that you're either going to love and get involved in or you're going to run out the back door. Why? Because they're supernatural things by the power of God, basically. And the power of God wants to demonstrate. It wants to manifest. It wants to do things out of the inside of people. And you're going to try to figure it out with your pea brain. And when you do that, you're just going to come in a battle with yourself. There's going to be a major war between the natural mind you've got and the spiritual mind that you're supposed to have on the inside of you. Why is that? Because the devil don't want you in these things. You can see things. You lay hands on people, they fall down. People say, well, I don't believe God would do that. Why not? You lay hands on people, they laugh. Oh, well, God don't want anybody to laugh. Oh, really? That's the devil. Oh, the devil's in the laughter business now. Thank you for explaining that to me because I didn't know how to do that. You see how our minds go? That don't, people cry. They're supposed to cry. Well, they can cry if they want to, but why can't they laugh if they cry? People shake under the power of God. Well, I don't believe that. 
Well, let me introduce you to an easier power. Just go over there and stick your finger in that socket for about 15 minutes and see if you shake. I guarantee you're going to shake. You can't see the power, but I guarantee you there's power in there. When you stick it in there, it's going to do something to your physical body before long. You're going to find out that there's power in that thing, praise God. But we're not talking about electric power. We're talking about the power of God, for God's sakes, that invades people's lives and touches their lives. And, and my God Almighty, I mean, when the power of God moves, and, and I don't know why it moves on this person, moves on that pooper, don't move. I don't have any idea. I just release a thing, and whatever happens, happens. You understand? I'm not in charge of that. Of, I know there's power and ability on me inside of me. When I know I lay hands on people, something's going to happen. Do you understand? And it doesn't have to be a demonstration. Somebody doesn't have to fall down. I have people stand up, get delivered without even falling down, and some fell down and get anything. I don't know. I don't understand it. I just know there's power on the inside of me, and there's power on the inside of you. Even way in their back. Some power on the inside of you this morning. But we're not using that power because we fall into a churchy lifestyle. I just go and praise God, and that's good, and I love him, that's good, and I read the word, that's good. But what about the power of the kingdom of God is in power? Then there should be some power demos someplace in your life. There should be words of wisdom that come up out of the inside of you, and you know when they do. You will know when God speaks through you because you're going to know you ain't that smart. Isn't it? Isn't that the truth? You don't have to conjure them up. It just comes up. And then you say it and you say, that certainly wasn't me. I'm too dumb to do something like that. Praise God. That was just God coming up out of the inside of me. And that's the way it works. So the power of God operates. It's on the inside of you. We want to release that power of God. Paul says here, it's not just speech and talk. It's not just talk and talk, but demonstrations of the power of God. And what for? Look at verse five, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but your faith should stand in what? The power of God. God wants you to put faith in the power of God. Well, I put faith in the power of God. Every time I go to a meeting, I see the power of God. No, he's talking about the power of God in here that produces the power of God out here. Are you following me? And this stuff, I mean, sometimes God just graces you in your stupidity and shows you about the power of God. When I got born again, we were going to that meeting. I was going to that meeting. I didn't know anything about anything. And then they had a Catholic prayer meeting down, I think it was at Jensen Beach, and they had a healing thing down there, and I, I think he even went with me. We and Vinny went down there. I mean, we were hungry. We didn't care. We were gone, man. We were excited. We went down there, and all at once, they were having a healing service, so everybody gets up in line, and, and they're laying hands on everybody and everything, and there were so many people coming up for healing that they didn't have enough people, so one of the leaders came over and knew that I'd talked a couple times in our prayer meeting and asked me to come up and lay hands on people, and I basically told him, I don't, I don't do that. You do that. I don't do that. I teach a little. I don't do that. That's all I do. I'm a teacher. I'm not a, whatever you're doing, I'm not doing that. Well, they didn't have enough people, and I ended up getting up there. I think Vinny probably came up with me and whatever, and we started praying for people, and I hadn't prayed for anybody, so this line all at once gets in front of me, and this lady comes up there and says, I want you to pray for my, uh, my granddaughter who's up in Ohio or someplace. She has a hole in her heart. She's not supposed to live much longer. I want you to pray for her. And, of course, my thoughts were, I'd like to start with a hangnail. at the most, please, or a fungus on the toe or something, give me something other than this lady. And I said, well, they put me here, I'm just going to do something. So I just basically close my eyes, you know, you don't know what to do, just close your eyes, my God, get away from everybody. <laughs> so I closed my eyes, not out of religiosity, just because I didn't want to see anything that was going on. And I started picking up my right hand, and I was going to do the old, in the name of Jesus, you know, I saw that work for a couple of people on TV, I figured... <laughs> Works for them, it's going to work for me. Well, let's face it. 
You know, Benny Hinn throws his coat. Bless God, I'm going to throw my coat at somebody. If it works, it works. Glory to God. If he sells coats, I'm probably going to buy one. So I'm up there with my eyes closed, and I said, oh, Lord, in the name of, and I heard, boom. And I opened one eye, and she was laying on the floor. I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I didn't even, didn't even get to say in the name of anybody. I didn't get to do anything. And the next lady walks up and tells me what's wrong. And, and I said, okay. And I closed my eyes, and boom, she falls on the floor. I said, my God, this thing's loaded. I better put this back in my holster. I'm going to knock everybody out here before it's over with. But I had no idea. Are you following me? I had not a clue what was going. So what did God do? He graced me in my stupidity to help me put faith in a power that was already in me that I had no idea. I just thought it was in the five liters or the six liters or whatever. And all at once it started operating accidentally. I mean, I wasn't believing for anything. I was believing to pray for people and get out of there. That's all I was praying. I wasn't believing for anything. I might get healed. I had no faith for anything. I had nothing. And yet God graced me with that. Are you following me? So I want you to know there's power on the inside of you when you step out. And I'll tell you what, when you feel this power on you, it's a lot easier to minister than when you don't. But when you don't, it takes more faith to minister than when it does. Are you following me? So when you got the goosebumps and everything, ooh, you want to lay your hand, anybody walks by, praise God. Come on, come on, come on. You want to lay it on everybody. Woohoo, I'm feeling good. But when God tells you to lay hands on people and you don't feel nothing, you just feel terrible. And then you stand up here and he says, lay hands on him. I said, mm, I think that's a good idea, Jesus. I don't think I had a good week this week. Lay hands on them. And then you just do it. And I'll tell you, it takes more faith then to believe than when you got the goosebumps. And I don't know why people shake, get touched, whatever. I know it's the power of God, but I don't, you know what I mean? I don't dictate like, shake. This one's going to shake. No, they either shake, they fall down, they do whatever. Sometimes I see what's coming like a pat Kuko, remember he, he was here a couple weeks ago and he came up front and he reached out and wanted to grab my hands and I knew that I knew that I knew that was not a good thing to do. I just knew it beforehand and he did it and it just knocked him right on the floor as quick as he could go. Well, I knew it ahead of time, but I didn't really, you know what I mean? You don't know. I've seen people come up to get prayer that run up and almost crawl up on their hands and knees and want you to lay hands on them and you lay hands on them and it just don't feel like nothing happens. And there's other ones that come up like this. <laughs> Why? Because their wife brought them up, and they didn't want to come up, and boy, they're standing there. It's like, come on, bless God. I'm bracing. Make my day. And sometimes you, sometimes you lay hands on them, and then nothing happens, and other times there was one guy who came up who didn't want to come up and stood right at the end, and I finally laid hands on him, and it must have blew him back three rows of chairs, and he just went flying through the air, knocked down the people and everything else. Well, I don't, you know, you don't know. Are you following me? You, let me tell you one thing. If you start figuring all this stuff out, oh, it's going to be a long day for you. <laughs> it's going to be a long day because it's unexplainable. It's a spiritual thing that you hook into. It's like a flow that you get into. It's like a, and then words will come up out of the inside of you. Somebody, when we laid hands a couple weeks ago, came up front, and I can't remember who it was, but she couldn't quit speaking in tongues. She just started speaking in tongues like two weeks before that. And she came up here and I said, you're going to have to, I said, you're going to, I just want to minister. I said, you're going to have to, what? she couldn't stop. You know what I mean? When you get run, if you pray in tongues for like a half hour, 45 minutes, you can't stop right away. It just keeps going like you're going downhill. Well, apparently when you get in the anointing close to the anointing that's there, it'll trigger spiritual things on the inside of you. And almost you'll start speaking in tongues and you're not even thinking about speaking in tongues. You can't even think about speaking, stop speaking in tongues. So I'll put my finger on their lips. I'll take it off and she went, but the table, shake that, that boat. So 
So I said, well, I'll pray for her later. You know, I went down to somebody else and somebody else because I found out it's hard to get the Holy Ghost in when they're spitting the Holy Ghost back out at you. Do you understand? But all these things are power of God and power demonstrations in the church, praise God, that, that take, and there are many other, there's healings, there's devils coming out, there's deliverance, but all these things are a natural part of kingdom operation. There's nothing mysterious around them unless you've never seen them before. And once you've seen them, and I'll tell you what, the only people that criticize the joy in the Holy Ghost are those that never had it. That's right. If you had it, you'd never criticize it again. My God, it is in a utopia of, I don't care if the world's falling apart right now. I am one happy man. You go down in the spirit, you hardly ever see anybody on the floor laying there in pain. They're all gone. Big smile. Why is that? Because that's the power of God. God wants to show some people he just loves them. He just cares for them. He just, I mean, he's got, he's got it all figured out, but he needs vessels in order to be used to do these things. We had a guy when we were, oh gosh, I got to watch my time. I don't know when the pancakes are done. Do you know my cutoff time? When we were, <laughs> yeah, but they got a warmer back there. No problem. When we were started out, we were in the holiday, and we used to do a Sunday morning and Sunday night service because that's the only day that we had the place to do things. And we did a Sunday night service, and pretty soon, you know, when the Holy Ghost moves and touches people and supernatural things start happening, people find out and word gets traveling or whatever. I got a call from one guy that asked me if he wanted me to join their group out of down around West Palm Beach area that was anti-fake demonstrations of the Holy Ghost because they heard I was a young pastor and I was falling into that area of God moving and touching people and healing and delivering and whatever. And then one time they sent one of their, I don't know if he's an agent or whatever he is. <laughs> I don't know what they are, but it was a Sunday night and people were coming up. I mean, the power of God was knocking people down. They were rolling around, they were laughing. And he had a notepad and he just walked around and went. I didn't know what. I didn't know what the heck he was doing. I don't know if he was taking notes, if he was writing her names down or what the heck he was doing, you know. So I just ignored him, you know, and he went away and he never came back. So I don't know if he reported me to the <laughs> anti-power of God, Holy Ghost, whatever or whatever, you know. Put my name on the list or what happened there. But, but when you don't understand it, let me just say this. If you don't understand something spiritual, shut up till you do. Don't criticize, don't, because a lot of things I criticized in my early years, I want now. <laughs> you understand? Because my natural mind wouldn't let me in there. It wouldn't let me have that stuff. First time I saw the joy, I thought it was ridiculous. People laughing uncontrollably on the ground. I mean, this is ridiculous. This isn't, why is that? Because our natural minds aren't used to that kind of stuff. There's a lot of religiosity. So notice, demonstrations, say demonstrations. And why is he giving demonstrations? So that your faith would stand in the power of God. Say the power of God. Okay, go to Romans chapter 15. Tell about the shoes. All right, I was young and I was in a, in a church. I just got born again, left the Catholic church, went to a church down in Stewart. And I was sitting there in a meeting and everybody's praising and worshiping. Then they, everybody was quiet for a little bit. And God said on the inside of me, take off your shoes and throw them up to the front. And of course I said, that had to be too much pizza, indigestion or something, because that'd be the stupidest thing God ever told me to do, you know. And he said, second time, of course, God, God will give you some grace. He'll come back two or three times, you know that. And he said, take off your shoes and throw them up front because this is holy ground right now. And I said, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. 
Sure. Yeah, when everybody leaves. I'll throw them right up there, praise God. So I kept my eyes closed, and I just kept fighting it and fighting it, and pretty soon I heard plop, plop. And somebody on the other side took off their shoes, threw them up front to the front, and when they hit the ground, the power of God just hit the place, and everybody started falling out. And then, of course, we had repentance time. But, I mean, you're thinking, God wouldn't do that. That's stupid. I don't understand. But, you know, if you're thinking a lot here and still getting the word, it's got to be coming from here because you can't think both things at the same time, do you see? Well, I was young again, and it's something I didn't really want to do at the time. Well, what, I missed that opportunity. But the best part is you're going to miss a lot of them. But the good part is you just repent and move on again. When I first started preaching, I would preach. And when I was done, I'd go back over my notes and say, I forgot to say that. Oh, my God, I forgot to say that. Oh, that was so good there. I forgot to say that. God said, would you just chill out and trust me? What was needed to be said was said through you. It came out your mouth. You said it, and that's it. And don't quit going back over there and beating yourself up that you didn't say the right thing. My gosh. Half the time, we drive ourselves nuts. Patrick, is that your phone up here? You leave your phone up here, Patrick? You sure? All right, Romans. <laughs> All right, Romans 15. This is my last one that I'm quitting. I had a couple more, but you're not getting them now. Your stomach's taking over your minds and your spirits. All right, Romans chapter 15, look at verse 17. Paul says, I have therefore... I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient, thy word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem round about Alcurium have I what? No, look at it. I Have I fully preached? Say fully preached. So notice, Paul's talking about fully preaching here. What does he do? He goes around and reveals people the mystery. What's the mystery? Christ in them, the hope of glory, and then Christ on the inside. He's going to give the wisdom and knowledge to understand all the mysteries of the kingdom of God and how to operate in there. And what do I do? What am I doing? Not only preaching, but I'm having demonstrations of the Spirit and of power at the same time. Therefore, I am fully preaching the kingdom of God, not half preaching, not part preaching, not... 50% preaching. He preached the whole gospel with demonstrations, with signs, wonders, and miracles. So if you're used to these things, fine. If you're not used to these things, fine. I'll tell you how to do it. Just have a heart for God that you want everything that God has for you. Amen. That's all. That's it. That's it. And he's not going to give you anything you don't want then. He's going to give you, praise God, what you want. He's going to stir your heart. He's going to do things. You don't have to worry about the devil being in there, be out of there. But it's got to do with the power of God that's on the inside of you. You have power this morning on the inside of you, and I would guess you're operating in a very small minimum because I know I am yet. I know there's a lot more in me that needs to come out of me, a lot more faith to be put in the power of God on the inside of me. But I'll tell you, when you start to get a revelation of it, the first thing that's going to change in your life, you're going to quit worrying about stuff. You don't have to worry. Why? Because Christ is on the inside of me, the power of God. I've got the wisdom of God. I've got the knowledge of God. And the power of God flows out of the inside of me. And people get touched and people get changed and people get healed. And So it's on the inside of you, but it's time for the church to start operating in it rather than just one or two men in the body of Christ. It's available on the inside of you this morning. So we started this morning, but we're going to continue with this and keep going with uh, some other things about the anointing, because that's what it actually is, say the anointing. The anointing. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So basically the anointing is Holy Ghost and power, and each and every one of us have that anointing, praise God, in your life, and we want to start to operate in it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are they ready back there? Somebody just strunt back there and, and give them a pancake. Mark, 
Just open the door and sniff and see what's going on back there. Praise God. See what's happening back there. Yeah, we'll never see him again. He's gone. Who else we got? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Do you have a desire to see the power of God flow out of the inside of you? I mean, are you hungry to see people changed and you changed and the glory of God flow and people get touched? And Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I told you he's not coming back. Praise God. I told you. Yeah. Okay, hallelujah, jump up this morning. I figured it was about noon, they figured on, I don't know. All right, put your hands on your belly this morning. Right there on your belly, that's right, right there. Right there, right there, right there. There's somebody in there this morning. Somebody's been in there the whole time, praise God. And the power of God on the inside of him will quicken, strengthen, make alive your mortal body today. You've got an ache or a pain, just call on that power on the inside of you and blow that thing out of your life this morning. Praise God, it don't belong in there. You need a little bit of joy, just pump it out of there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Need some peace, just take a breath. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The mystery this morning, Christ lives in you. He is the hope of glory on the inside of you. And there are many things in your life you're going to start manifesting in your life. More wisdom, more knowledge. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Thank you for wisdom and knowledge, Father, and your spirit of wisdom and knowledge and things that you want us to know in this day and in this hour. And I pray, Father, that when everybody leaves here, it just stays on the inside of them, that it's lodged into their spiritual mentality. So every single time they get quiet, they hear once again your spirit, teaching, dealing, hidden wisdom, hidden knowledge into their life. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Okay. for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.